everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Today is Friday, October 26th. It's Meet My Friend Friday. And as you guys know, occasionally I like people so much, I have them on again. That's the case today. My friend Ruth Simons, author of Grace Laced, is here. We're going to be talking a little bit about the problem of biblical illiteracy in the church and how to help our children stay on the path. This is straight out of prayers for the battlefield. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so I want to thank you guys for leaving reviews for this podcast over at iTunes. We are coming up on 50,000 downloads an episode now, and I want to just thank you guys for doing that and helping us really get the word out to parents to say, hey, there's some place that you can come and listen to. I guess they're going to encourage you toward walking in right relationship with the Lord no matter what happens in the culture. It's really our heart here to turn your hearts back to the Lord and back to the Bible so that you can be an example to and teach your children what it means to walk in right relationship with Jesus. That's one of the things I love about Ruth Simons. She is a friend of mine. She's an incredibly gifted author and illustrator. She is the creator of the Grace Laced online art shop. And if you haven't checked that out, I know you guys are familiar with Grace Laced, uh, the book that she's written, but she has an incredible Instagram community. Uh, she's an incredible woman, and she and her husband, Troy, uh, live in Colorado, and they have six man cubs who I think are getting actually past the cub stage here pretty quick. So uh, Ruth Simons, my friend, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's always great to be here. It's so fun to keep up with you, and you're actually kind of hard to keep up with. <laughs> Not well, going to lie. As you. I know we both. <laughs> I, I'm surprised our paths haven't crossed in recent, in recent I days. I know. I know, but it's yes, true. And you big families and travel and speaking, the Lord is good for all the opportunities for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys have moved recently from New Mexico, which is where I saw you last mm -hmm. to Colorado. And that's going pretty good. It looks like it is. Um, it's, it's so good for our family. Um, our six boys are um, in a rural kind of in the wild. And as you mentioned, they're man cubs. The youngest is yep. five. The oldest is 16. And they are still in that stage where they go out in a pack and ride mountain bikes and dirt bikes and, and have adventures in um, on the land. Mm -hmm. So it's really a great time for us. I love it. You and I have kind of a similar thing going on, except for I've got grandkids now. Uh, Amazing. <laughs> and you're not quite there. So you've got five to 16, yeah. right? Five and to 16, I've got yep. seven, almost eight to 27. So uh, uh, the mothering thing, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a it really thing. We just, we just, you know, I, I write about motherhood as sanctifying often. And mm. um, we, we launched our Christmas line with Grace Lace Shop this week and motherhood is sanctifying went on a brass cuff because I just need to remind myself all the time that when it's really hard in motherhood, mm -hmm. that is not just for me to survive and get through. God is not just, you know, putting me in my kids' lives to help shape them. He's shaping me. Mm -hmm. He's sanctifying me, mm. you know? Mm, it's so true. Yeah, it's so true. I think the longer we uh, are on this motherhood journey, the more cognizant we are of our need for the Lord. Like you ever want to, you ever want to see how completely uh, sinful you can be? Raise a kid. That's right. Absolutely. Or get married. And right. <laughs> that's yeah, get married first. And, wow. Yeah, marriage is sanctifying too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, you have one of the reasons I I wanted to have you on uh, this particular week. It's launch month. It's been I've been I launched a new book, Personal Battlefield, just trying to help moms in the trenches really get um, down in right down is in the nitty gritty with their kids. And one of the things I love about you is you have a true heart for teaching children truth and helping them discern between light and darkness. And uh, and I, and the last time we were together, we were talking about the the lack of biblical literacy in the church today. And I know you had said that you had noticed that also. And kind of one of the kind of one of the most alarming things in the church is our lack of understanding of the Bible. So even though we've got access to the Bible and lots of study materials at our fingertips, we're ignoring this weapon that combats the darkness around us. Have you noticed that uh, same thing in churches where you've been and in, uh, in you know in family life? Right. I think, I think so often, you know, we've given that role for teaching our children scripture and teaching them the uh, beauty of walking as a disciple of Christ. We've given that role um, to programs and organizations and even to the church where the church might be a place where we are worshiping together as the body of Christ. Unfortunately, so often we're just sending our kids and hoping that they'll get enough of Jesus to walk with him, but we're not necessarily modeling it at home. And so I think Bible illiteracy comes often when we're wanting to have some package formula that will just instantly help our kids choose to um, have good morals and make the right choices and not wear immodest clothing and go to camp. You know, those are not things that secure a life in Christ. It's knowing Christ and knowing the word and loving God and only loving him has to come from him. We can't muster up that love. And so it really does have to start with our kids seeing us wrestle in our own walk with the Lord from home first, because it's not um, certainly programs and resources and Bible study and devotional materials. Those are all great for kids as well as moms and dads, but those resources themselves can't substitute um, the actual relationship of parents and children wrestling through scripture together, talking about it, sitting around the table and asking questions and kids seeing parents um, diligently mm-hmm. in the word, for example. Yeah. Yeah. We're always saying you can't give your kids what you don't have. And I think sometimes Absolutely. what you were saying before, it totally, it's totally right. We want to, we send our kids to youth group and we think, well, that, that does it. Or we homeschool our kids, but Bible becomes like a subject that we study rather than, so like an accessory rather than the thing. Right, right. And I certainly, you know, full disclaimer, I certainly don't have all the answers. I haven't raised all my kids. I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the trenches myself. Um, and we are constantly just coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, what do we need to change about the way we do things? How do we need to reorient our hearts, our schedules, our priorities? How do we, um, behold the greatness and the holiness of God once again in our home, because we've kind of gotten really impressed with ourselves, for example, you know, and so certainly in the Simons household, we're constantly readjusting, relearning, rethinking how to do this well, because um, I think the idea of Bible literacy within our homes, I think a lot of times, even as parents, we think if I just follow this Bible reading plan, I'll be really literate, 
when really you can go through the motions and read your Bible every day. And you can say, I read through my Bible, but if you're not asking the Holy Spirit to come and make it alive in your mind and in your heart and seeking the Lord's help and understanding it, then, um, you know, anybody can read words, but not all of us can apply them. Um, if, if we're not asking the Lord for his help. It's so good. It's so good that you're reminding us. Cause I think, you know, we can get serious about reading the word of God, but once, you know, I'm thinking of things that you will know when that, when that word is sinking down deep, because all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's yeah. going to open your eyes to a sin that right. you didn't see was there before. Um, and it, it breaks your heart. I was thinking about just another way to combat uh, biblical literacy with our children in particular. And when I've watched you, I've watched, I love your Instagram and I've watched, you know, and you and I have talked about just raising our children with the crazy schedules that we keep and also with keeping that heart just in front of us. And I was thinking about you and uh, what the Lord has called you to do and the obvious gifting that he's given you. And in the midst of all that, because I know there's lots of parents who are listening to this, they may not be doing exactly what you and I are doing, but they're busy, right? I think that's kind of a common theme. How can parents weave in? So instead of instead of having the Bible be an accessory or something we put on in the morning, then just take it off again, get back to our regularly scheduled lives. How do you weave the truth when you sit up, when you lie down, when you walk along the road? How can we do that uh, so that the Bible becomes alive to our children and they start to begin to understand the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives to help them grow in their walk with the Lord? Well, I wish I had a really simple answer for this, but I don't. I mean, I I think it's a it's something I wrestle with every day, yeah. but I think it has to start with our paradigm of what it is to walk with the Lord day by day. I think if we start by thinking that it's the 15 minutes, you know, the Lord gets that 15 minutes that I'm going to sit with my Bible this morning and that's all he's got. But the rest of the day I'm on my own. I'm, I'm hustling hard. If we start like that, then we'll think of it that way with our kids as well. And then mm. we'll feel like failures if we didn't get family worship done exactly the way we expected, or if they didn't memorize their verses during Bible time the way we we had hoped, mm-hmm. or if they um, checked off the box that they read some read their Bible, but they actually really skim read. Right? Wouldn't those things be usually things that we would feel like, "Wow, I failed," or "We didn't do it mm. right," or "Our family sure isn't keeping pace." I get messages a lot from families who feel like. Um, if their kids can't sit still and read their Bibles and have this honoring worship time with the Lord, <laughs> that they've somehow missed giving them Bible literacy or given well, that's them that's not how it is in your house all the time. You know, we sit there perfectly with our <laughs> hymnals open. Amazing Grace. Everybody knows all the the, the verses. Yeah. yeah, certainly not. Certainly not. And and it's only gotten better in recent years because we've had more practice and our kids are older. But those, there are crazy years that you wonder, is anything sinking in? Mm. And so um, certainly, I just want to start with saying, I think we have to really get honest with ourselves about whether we, in our own personal walks with the Lord, as moms and as dads, if we are thinking of our relationship with the Lord formulaically. I think that starts there, because if we think formulaically about that, then it won't come to our minds when we're waiting in car line Mm. or we're running a quick errand because it only comes to mind to speak the gospel in those circumstances when we're picking out apples at the grocery store 
if we realize like he is with us all the time, mm-hmm. the gospel permeates everything. So for example, if we're pushing the grocery cart and the kids get in a fight down aisle six, mm. no, I, I don't have a perfect, I'm not going to have the perfect thing to say. We're not going to have the most tremendous worship time on, on aisle six, <laughs> but you know, certainly that if you adjust your mindset to knowing that worship didn't happen within those first five minutes or the last 10 minutes of the day, but that it happens as we go, as we go along our way. If, if we really believe that we need to teach them diligently throughout the day, teach the word of God diligently to our children, then in that aisle, while they're fussing about who gets to pick whatever it is that we're trying to grocery shop for, we can stop right there and say, okay, kids, like literally what we read this morning in scripture actually applies right now. Mm. It applies first and foremost because we exist. We exist for the glory of God. And right now we are existing for ourselves. It's pride and selfishness that's taking um, center stage in all this. And to break that down, even if it's for two seconds there and giving a um, an opportunity to say, let's re um, reset and recalibrate the way we're picturing this moment. Because really what I want to do is just bark and yell at them and say, don't you dare fight right now. We are in the middle, in a public place. (laughs) Stop yelling at each other. And then I want to go home and say, everybody open your hymnals. Let's have worship time. (laughs) When really what God's given us is the coming and going, the, the grocery store run, the drive to that place that's taking 15 minutes because you're stuck in traffic. It, he gives us the time in the car to practice memory, scripture memory. He gives us opportunity when Troy and I fuss at each other about something dumb and our kids hear us. Mm. He gives us that opportunity to confess our sin to one another and to apply the gospel once again and say, and say the reason why mom and dad can forgive one another right now is because we've been forgiven by Christ. And we there's no reason why we should act like we know better with one another. And so then our kids see that model and then they can apply it as well. I'm making it sound really easy. It's not easy. Obviously, it's super hard all the time. But I'm describing that situation to say, if we're waiting for the perfect circumstance to be that model mom who applies the perfect truth, everybody takes notes mm. and, you know, Bible class is set perfectly, we're, we're going to miss out. It has to happen while we're scrubbing dishes and while we're cutting up vegetables at dinner time, and while conflict comes up, mm, right? Yeah, and really, that is the heartbeat of motherhood. That's the heartbeat of training our children. It happens in the sort of the moments that we think are mundane, and they're actually they're actually what God is using to sanctify us and teach us. I wonder. I, I want to go back to this idea of your family worship time because I know there are a lot of people listening to this, and they want to have a time of the day that they set apart. I I think uh, Ruth. I don't know if I told you this, but months ago I was speaking in Florida. There was a mom who came up to me and she said, I really want to start the MomStrong Bible study over at MomStrong International. And we want to do this. She said, but honestly, these moms don't have time. And I'm telling you, like the Holy Spirit inside of me, it was like this righteous indignation. I was, I just said, no, you do have time. It's not that we don't have time. It's that we, we, we don't prioritize the time. So we're not prioritizing the study of the word or making time. How do you talk to the parents who are listening to this right now and they know that that the Holy Spirit's prompting you. You got to make a change. This has to be a priority. What do you say to that mom who's got you know her? She's got a couple of kids in diapers, and maybe she's got a middle schooler, and she just feels like I can't add one more thing, even if it's uh, even if it's time in the Word, even if it's Bible time. I can't do it. What do you say to her? 
I say make small adjustments and start small because I think rather than being a perfectionist, which I, I'd love to know if there are any women who we're speaking to who really don't struggle with that whatsoever, because I'm so happy for you. But really, all of us <laughs> no, <you're not>. struggle <laughs> with, no, we're, I'm like, I'm so happy for you that you never struggle with that. But um, for the 99% of the rest of us, I think we only want to do something if we're going to be awesome at it. Yeah. And sadly, I would just throw in there an honest word about our culture and our current um our current world, just that we don't want to do something unless we can Instagram yeah, about that's it right. or social media it, yeah. right? So we live in a time where we kind of assess what we want to do based on whether it's going to pay off for us or we're going to be really good at it or suddenly be an expert at it. And so it's really hard to spend time in the word because it's not glamorous to be in Leviticus. It's not glamorous to go and like read through all the passages of scripture that don't immediately give you a high about the Christian life, right? Mm -hmm. We all want to read Philippians 4.13, mm -hmm. but what about reading the entire journey, mm -hmm. missionary journeys of Paul and knowing that this is a man who really can say Christ is all, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so if that's, if that's the case, then it's not just that one verse. It's walking through everything he knew about the Old Testament, everything he knew about the law, everything he knew about Christ fulfilling the law. And so as we go through that, um, I didn't mean to go into all that. I just, I, I think what I'm trying to say is just that the small adjustments for the mom who feels overwhelmed is simply not to go, you know, because the average mom will say, and I say this too, I don't know the Greek word for right. that. I don't know how to explain that verse. I don't know how to start. I don't know where to start. One really good place to start that Troy and I love to suggest for any family wondering, you know, can we do this? Is start maybe reading one proverb mm -hmm. a day. There's 31. Yeah. You know? Start yeah. one a day, go through your month. Just say, let's start with one proverb a day because usually you can pick out a proverb and start applying it even with your youngest kids. Mm -hmm. Make it simple. Make it simple. But rather than oversimplifying the scriptures and saying, everything's just about being a good kid. No, it's not about being a kid, good kid. Simplify it by making everything about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so, if, if, even if you are new to the scriptures, even if you're new to the gospel, you're a new believer, or you feel like you don't have time and you haven't studied the word enough, how do you pass it on to your kids? Start small, make small adjustments. Don't leave the kitchen table. That's one thing that we love to do is even if we feel like we don't have this dynamic, amazing time, everybody eats dinner. Yep. Even if you're picking it up at Chick-fil-A and you're in the car, everybody eats, right? We prioritize eating. So as you eat, fill up and nourish yourself and your family in the word of God. Maybe that means you put on audio Bible. Mm. Maybe that means that you um, put on a sermon as you drive, but have something that is read aloud from the word of God for your whole family to respond to. I love that. And so if you feel like you're struggling a little bit to know what to say about it, um, put on a sermon mm. and respond to it together and say, what did you think about what he said there? Yeah. What, what do you think about that? Um, you know, grace to you from MacArthur, like that, that gets shortened into small 20 minute segments. It's not a huge commitment. It's not a one hour sermon. Yeah. They're being put into 20 minute segments. Um, I personally think that Bible time needs to be the word of God or a good message based on the word of God. Don't substitute it simply with praise music or podcasts, even though those are great resources, listen to the word of mm -hmm. God, um, 
let the Holy Spirit use the word of God to transform us, even in ways that you don't think you can transform. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I think starting small is just a really good way. Well, and if you've got, I think another, another thing that, that I think the devil really uses to sort of hang us up is this idea that we have to be this incredible Bible scholar in order to teach our children. And you don't, right. You don't have to, because you're going to learn right along with your homeschool moms know this, right? We learn right right along with our children. And uh, years ago, when uh, I was surrounded by little people, I I was struggling with how do I get them in the word? You know, just I wanted to spend a little bit of time in the Bible with them every day before we started school. And I was frustrated. And I finally, I think I was at the Goodwill or some sort of secondhand store. And I, I came across a children's Bible. And we started just reading a children's Bible. Really, the stories drew them in. Jesus was a storyteller. I mean, he told, there's a reason he told parables. And so do we do, I used those stories in that in the children's Bible to read to my children. And then I gave them, you know, the little Walmart uh, notebooks that you can get for 10 cents every year. Yep. You know, yep. those of us who buy 7,000 of them at a time. <laughs> but I gave yep. each of my kids uh, those notebooks. And I said, let's write down what we're learning about the passage that what we're learning from the passage that we read or from the story that we read. And it was so remarkable to me to see my mm-hmm. children engage with the word that way. Absolutely. And I think when we realize that they are first and foremost um, going to, you know, that that phrase that we know so mm-hmm. well, more is caught than yes. taught, right? right? You know, the idea that our kids are living their lives every day, just doing mundane things around with us and, and moving laundry from this basket to the next and, and running off to soccer practice or whatever it is that we're doing. Those are the times that we demonstrate to them that even when we're frustrated mm-hmm. and our day doesn't go the way we want it to go, or there's no groceries, or um, we really wish we hadn't said yes to mm-hmm. something that now is hard to commit to, um, we can apply the gospel and we can say, the Lord is going to comfort me in this moment. This is what I'm preaching to mm-hmm. myself, kids, and teach them and show them how to do that. Even if they're not doing it perfectly, no, we're not doing it perfectly, but there's something's going to inform them. And so it will either be other kids, pop, secular music, popular music, uh, TV shows, there will be something that will inform our kids. And so the conversation we have day in, day out in their midst um, can be just mm-hmm. as influential if it's that constant source mm-hmm. of, um, you know, information and thought and conversation that permeates their daily life the same way music yeah, does. That's right. Time. And the Lord, the Lord blesses it. You know, I, I love Absolutely. talking to you. I love your heart. I love that you and your hubby are in the throes of, of uh, parenting these beautiful boys that God's given you. And I just want to thank you for taking time. I know you're busy. So thank you so much for taking time oh, to come. I love it to too. We'll have to, we'll have to, one of these days, our, our, our paths will cross again and we can have lunch. This would be absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. For those of you who want to find more out about Ruth's heart and her art, you can find her at gracelaced.com and gracelaced on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I hope you guys will take the time to do that. I will link back to all things related to my friend Ruth Simon's amazing work at the show notes today. For those of you who are following me around my adventures, I will be in Boston in just a couple of weeks uh, at a women's retreat there. You can find out more about that at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you back here for Mailbox Monday next week. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.